Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode, a special episode of the Lucky Underdogs podcast brought to you by Believe Network and Goodman Productions. Thank you all for tuning in. Again, this is the Lucky Underdog show where we highlight those guys that might not get the, the press coverage that they need, but they're putting the work in that they need to, and they're helping their teammates and they're helping their team achieve the goal, and they're doing it silently. And um, today we have a special guest joining us. We have NBC Sports' Catherine Tappen, who will be on the sidelines for college football's biggest game of the year this weekend. Number six, Ohio State visits number nine, Notre Dame in South Bend this Saturday at 7.30 Eastern on Peacock and NBC. Make sure you tune in and watch those Irish do <laughs> their thing. Catherine, how are you this hey, morning? Thank I'm you great, Devin. It's great to be with you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, it's an you got honor. me all it's up with honor. that intro about the game now. I'm ready to go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. I'm going to just be... I love it. I, it's, I was going to say, do you get jacked up for games now, still watching them? I mean... Oh, yeah. It's anytime I hear that, that song that opens up the games, and there's a magic... <laughs> oh, it's it. like... I get goosebumps, the hairs yeah. on the back of my neck stand up. It's so uh, good. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're going to get stuff. it this That's weekend. That's the good stuff. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. So, Catherine, I definitely want to say thank you for joining us. You've been with NBC Sports now for about uh, 10 years. Or how, how long have you been? Yeah, nine, yeah, just about nine. I joined in 2014. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, time, a, that's a good time. <laughs> Yeah, so in your time covering Notre Dame and, and just covering college sports in general, I know there's been so many things that's changed from the portal to the NIL to even the the conference shifts. Mm -hmm. What do you think um, covering mostly in the the Midwestern area, what do you think is sticks out in the football in the Big Ten or in that area, what do you think is some yeah. of the state? Well, the landscape of college football has just changed. College sports has changed dramatically over the last, gosh, since I've been covering the game, certainly. But I mean, Devin, I remember when you were playing on the team and it was it was a whole different story than it is now. And, you know, we I did Notre Dame sidelines for eight seasons and then I hosted Notre Dame football uh, pregame and halftime last season and now transitioning to the Big Ten Saturday night, which we're fortunate to be broadcasting at Notre Dame again this weekend. So I'm looking forward to going back. But the difference now is, you know, I'm looking at a roster that is totally different than last season's roster because of all the transfer portal and the, you know, it's just, it's totally different than it was when, when you were playing, at least we knew there was some consistency each year, whether a player graduated or not, it was very rare that you would have a totally different roster each season. So, um, you know, that has been one aspect that's changed. Um, we're seeing, you know, just in the last few seasons at Notre Dame alone, it's been a different starting quarterback. You know, it was like Ian Book, Jack Cohn. Then we had Tyler Buckner and Drew Pine last year. And now we've got Sam Hartman. So and that's just in a span of three seasons. So it's been it's been a lot. I mean, I think covering college football is probably one of the most difficult sports to cover, um, way more so than at least in my role as a sideline reporter, way more so than the NFL. Um, you know, the NFL, we know all these guys, right? They're all superstars. Their names are recognizable. You know, the roster is pretty much set. And if not, you know what it is based on, you know, 
changes that came in the summer months. But college football is totally different. Um, and, you know, it's it's a constant learning process every single week for us to get to know, okay, we've got Ohio State, Notre Dame. I mean, there are a lot of recognizable names on those rosters, but last week, Purdue, Syracuse, there weren't, you know? So it's, it's very, it's a lot of studying. It's a lot of research, um, but it's fun because college football and college sports to me is just awesome. <laughs> Awesome. No, indeed. And and you shouted out Syracuse. I can't let that slide. I went there for my fifth year, so I got a lot of love for Dino oh, Babers and the nice. Orange. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are my guys Lost right there. They're undefeated. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm tuned in because they're undefeated, too. They're doing their thing. They're, they're yeah, handling yeah. business. Yes, That's awesome. Indeed. I love I love Coach mm -hmm. Babers. He's great. Yeah, he's a great man. Great man. So I know that uh, you were talking about the, the, the realignments and everything mm -hmm. that was shifting in the college aspect. And I know that you personally were uh, a track athlete at Rutgers at the good old RU with the Scarlet Knights. That's right. Yeah, so I, and uh, Jersey is a, I love New Jersey. I mean, this is a great, great state, the Garden State, and it's just beautiful. Like a lot of people think that Jersey is something that it's not, but Jersey is beautiful. Yeah. The green out there in Jersey is none other. I mean, I got a lot of friends in Raritan um, yep. out there and, uh, and, T-neck and a Passaic Valley. So I definitely oh, yeah. know a lot about Jersey. And yeah, so we you, that, you, that, we're all okay with it because it gets, it just adds that little, that kind of creates that Jersey edge that we all have. But no, most people yeah. land to Newark airport and they drive down the turnpike or they drive into Manhattan and, you know, they see the swamplands and they see turnpikes <laughs> and highways. And I'm like, that's not where I grew up, but um, just go exactly. a little west of Manhattan. And yes, the Garden State is known as the Garden State for a reason. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, yes, indeed. So when you were at Rutgers, were you at the uh, the New Brunswick uh, campus or the Piscataway yes. or were they the same? Yeah, yeah so okay. basically um, Rutgers College is the main university and that's on um, that's in New Brunswick. But there's just the Raritan River mm -hmm. that connects the two schools. And so we had classes in what's called Piscataway, which is where the stadium is. And, um, uh, you know, that's where the the school of um you know, the, the psych school is there and school of medicine is over there, but all of my classes were mostly on college Avenue, which is the new Brunswick campus, but they're side by side. It's just a difference of a river dividing two towns basically. Um, nice. but yeah, I mean, I loved my time there. I studied journalism. I knew I wanted to be a sports broadcaster when I was real young and I was an athlete my whole life. So I just kind of thought this is a good transition, a good thing to do. And, uh, went to Rutgers and loved every minute of it. I competed in cross country in the fall and then indoor track and outdoor track. Um, all four years. So quite a grind, but you know what? I met some of my Definitely. best friends to this day. Um, I learned discipline. I learned organization. I just, I, I learned how to, you know, be a good teammate. And I think those are things that, that translate to everything you do in life moving forward. So I, I can't say enough about my Rutgers Scarlet Knights. And at the time we were the Big East. So I've got all this vintage like Big East gear and now we're Big Ten. I'm like, I'm going to need some new equipment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to gotta tell them just to send a couple care packages yeah, out. That's some, exactly oh, yeah. right. I know. I know. I have to play mm -hmm. neutral. It was funny. We were at the Big Ten media days in Indianapolis over the summer and I sat down all the head coaches for the Big Ten for interviews and Coach Ciano sits down and he handed me a little Rutgers pin that goes on your lapel. I said, Coach, mm -hmm. I'll wear this every other day, but this weekend I can't. Yeah. <laughs> no allegiance, um, you know, but oh, the, yeah, can't get in trouble college, that way. Yeah, exactly. But you know, my 
colleague on the air, Mike Tirico, a, a proud mm-hmm. Syracuse alum. I mean, it's no secret mm-hmm. where we all went to school and, and we're proud for a reason. You know, the, those were some of the foundation and the stepping stones that, that were put in place for us to be um, successful in life. So, of course, we're proud of where we went, but certainly if we get a Rutgers game on Big Ten Saturday night, I might be in trouble. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, you got to cheer yeah. extra hard. You got to cheer exactly. extra hard. You know? exactly. Lend them that energy. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, for sure. So, so as we as we focus shift the focus to Notre Dame and Ohio State a little bit more, I know there's some key things that I see for the victory for the Irish, and I'll, I'll give you my keys to victory, and then I'll see what I'll ask you what you think is uh is important for the Irish mm-hmm. to pull this W out. I think that it's going to be a very big receiver versus DB battle. Mm-hmm. I think Notre Dame had last year, you know, you had Ben Morrison, and that was his first ever college game. And just being able to see the growth that he's had in those last 12 mm-hmm. or 13 games since then. Um, and then you've got other guys like Cam Hart coming back as a captain now. And I think that um, and the, the safeties are awesome. The safeties are playing out of their minds with DJ Brown, um, Xavier Watts. They're all just like yep. they're doing it. And um, so I think that they're going to have their hands full with the Ohio State's passing game. But I also think that this is going to be where they really take that step forward and they solidify themselves as one of the best defensive backfields in the country. And um, I'm expecting a big game from them this yeah. this week. And I also think that Sam is going to have his hands full trying to get those receivers the ball. Um, they got some sticky DBs at Ohio State. And, um, you know, you got some a little bit of inexperience at wide receiver, but I think this is the perfect game for them to really – put themselves on the map. Um, definitely think uh, the the freshman Rico Flores and Jaden Greyhouse are going to, they're going to come on the scene in a big way on Saturday. I'm, I'm predicting that one. All right. I like your yeah. prediction. Spoken like a true former mm-hmm. quarterback going with the defense. Yep. I like it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I would agree with you. I also think, um, you know, I think, this quarterback matchup is just fascinating. I think Sam Hartman mm-hmm. is a stud. I mean, we all know he's got, you know, NFL expectations and, and, and rightfully so. Um, I've really liked what I've seen from him the first couple games. Uh, the big thing for me, and you mentioned the inexperienced receiving core. So perhaps we expect a big game then with the running game, right? Like Audric Estime has been unbelievable since he got to Notre Dame. Um, he's just a complete beast they're going to have to run the ball for sure, which is going to be hard against, you know, Ohio State's offensive line is tough. But I think that, you know, to your point, um, this quarterback is special. This Sam Hartman is somebody that we haven't seen at Notre Dame in quite some time. And I don't know that we can say the same about the quarterback on the other side. You know, I think Kyle McCord is still trying to prove himself and certainly filling in for humongous shoes with C.J. Stroud leaving. So it's his first year. This is going to be his biggest game so far. Um, it'll be intimidating. It will be, you know, a place he hasn't played with an atmosphere that's going to be electric on Saturday night. So it'll come down to, you know, the calm, cool, collected Sam Hartman against maybe perhaps some question marks on the other side with that quarterback. But um, I, I would agree with you with regards to running the ball. And and there's no better player right now in the country, really, in my opinion, than Audric Estime to do that. Yeah, he's definitely leading the pack and he's he's setting the tone, honestly. I mean, he's yep. had over 100 yards every game. He's definitely been the staple workhorse that Notre Dame has needed this season. Yeah, I think he's I think he's going to sneak into the Heisman race. Like by the end of the year, if he's got over a thousand yards by week eight, which he's already halfway there, like it's going to be hard to keep him out of New York at the end of the season. 
Yeah, I think you're right. And listen, there's a long way to go. And I love how the Heisman chatter starts in week one, you know, after. Certain oh, yeah. Games. But um, <laughs> but if he can stay healthy and that's the biggest thing, obviously, we know that running back position can be, um, you know, challenging to stay healthy throughout the year. And if if he can, then I think and he keeps putting up performances like this. I mean, their schedule's not getting any easier. We'll put it that way. Um, starting with Ohio State, they've got USC on the schedule. Um, yeah, even Ohio Duke State. right after Duke yeah, right after Ohio exactly. State. You can't sleep on that one. So exactly. Um, so I think that you know if he can stay healthy and he can keep putting up these numbers against these top opponents, that's when you start to chatter about the Heisman, right? Like with all due Definitely. respect to the first three games that Notre Dame has played, I mean it wasn't <laughs> exactly. Ohio State, Duke, USC. So let's see what he can do against these teams and and reassess that conversation in a couple of weeks. Okay. All right. Yeah. I can I can I will buy that. I'll buy that. We can definitely I'll slow it down a little bit. I'll slow it down. Just a little bit. Looking like a Not true hour. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's I think that's the thing with Notre Dame. I mean, we're the fan base, whenever we get that glimmer of hope, it's just it's hard not to take it to the to the top of the mountain, yeah. you know, you got to take it I all know. the way as soon as you get you. there. There's something mm-hmm. about that, uh, the, the grotto and the golden dome and touchdown mm-hmm. Jesus. It's, it's got it you guys just, all. It just fills you up with this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, yes, indeed. So I know I, we, we talk about Sam a lot. And um, I know for me personally, when before the season started, I kind of had I was on the fence about Sam a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I I am not the the biggest proponent of needing five plus years of college football, but now I can definitely see the bonuses of playing so much football because he's out there and this it's easy for him. You can just tell that the game is moving in slow motion for him and he's bringing everybody else along with him, which I think is the biggest thing. I mean, just seeing the way that he interacts with uh, Steve Angeli and the time that Steve gets, some of those times in in the, in the second half of some of these games, you know, just seeing his leadership skills, I think that's just a testament to Sam as a man and as a football player. And um, I definitely think he was a great get for Notre Dame. Uh, I had Joe Theismann on here a um, a few weeks ago, and oh, he great. told us that, yeah, oh, great oh, guy. I mean, great energy and a legend. I mean, yeah. big L sure, legend. Sure. <laughs> He um he told us that him and Sam they text all the time and before games and they have oh, a good wow. relationship. So do you hear about relationships and things like mm-hmm. that? Uh, and what do you think sure. the impact of that is? I think it's huge. I mean, especially when you have a player like Sam Hartman who's coming in to play his final season at Notre Dame, which has, as you mentioned, legends that have come before him. Um, for him to just be evil, even able to tap into the resources of understanding what does it mean to play quarterback at Notre Dame? I mean, this is a very unique uh, role. It's a very unique position in all of college sports We, because we know the iconic brand that is Notre Dame. I mean, you guys can go to Ireland and bring 30,000 fans across the pond to watch you play. You know, that's just the way it is. So with that comes a lot of pressure and a lot of, um, you know, eyeballs on you and constant scrutiny. And I mean, there was no better player than Sam, Sam to come in, in my opinion, to play quarterback because he is so polished. I actually had a misperception of him, I think, because he comes in, you know, he's got the hair, he's like, got the NIL deals and, you know, shows up at practice and he's given the guys both headphones. And I talked to Joe all yesterday and I said, did you guys, when he first got on campus, was there a sense of like, this kid is, you know, too good for us. Or he's like acting like, you know, he's big time. He's kind of showboating. And he said, absolutely not. It was the total opposite. 
what you see on social media with him and what, you know, Notre Dame is pumping out with images of him and stuff. That's not really the way he is in person. He's extremely humble, um, ingratiated himself to the team right away. So, um, but to your point about the relationships, I think, you know, we hear that a lot in college with regards to athletes and maybe their high school coaches um, with a parent who perhaps played in the league or was an athlete themselves in another sport. Um, I think it's very, very important when you're in these developmental stages in life to have mentors, you know, to have those relationships. And I think it's great that I don't know who reached out to who, whether it was Joe reaching out to Sam or Sam reaching out to it was probably Joe reaching out to Sam to introduce right, him. Yeah. You know, we see like Jerome Bettis on the sideline. We see Jim Brown on the sidelines. Like that's amazing for these athletes to have those resources readily accessible and and ready to help support in any way needed is just awesome. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree. I mean, two of the the two of the mentors that I met at Notre, my time at Notre Dame that were super important to me were uh, Malcolm Johnson. He played in uh, 99 and he played, uh, he actually played at my high school as well. We wore the same number in high school about 20 years apart, oh, wow. but yeah, it was, uh, that's my guy. Shout out to MJ. And uh, Alan Rossum was another guy that I met that was a super special encounter to me just because that was someone who I grew up playing with yep. on Madden and, and just seeing his success on the field and meeting him off the field and seeing the type of man that he was. That was just special to me and I think that just that that's what comes with Notre Dame is you get those connections and you get the opportunity to see the quality of of the people that have stepped in your shoes and have been where you've been before yeah and even last week I would take it a step further we were at Purdue we were covering the Purdue game and Drew Brees is a huge part of that Purdue program he's got mm. his name on a couple buildings um, he comes back for many of the games and I mean this is a future Hall of Famer that is readily accessible to those student athletes. And in particular, the, the their transfer quarterback, Hudson Card, um, I spoke with him and, you know, from, from the town where Drew was from in Austin, Texas. So they oh, did have wow. that spread, but Drew reached out to him. Drew was part of the recruiting process to get this kid to transfer from UT to come up and play his final year at Purdue. So um, I think that's incredibly valuable when, when these, you know, a guy like Drew Brees comes in. And I remember when Drew was on the broadcast with us and we, we would go to Notre Dame and we would sit in and player meetings yeah. and, you know, guys would kind of do a double take, like, oh my gosh, I'm sitting here talking to Drew Brees. Drew and then Brees. And some of them, when they would leave the room would say, Hey, would it be okay if I got your information and reached out to you? And he never turned it down. Always, always, always was available to these student athletes. So I think that's great. I think it's awesome when we see that. Yep. Just class acts all the round, yeah. all around. And, and I love the fraternity that football has built and I love, how it's continuing to grow and it's continuing to give back to mm -hmm. the younger generation. And, um, and Catherine, I, I thank you for your time this morning. Oh, I know that, that we've had a great conversation. I, I really do appreciate it. And I uh, definitely thank you for coming on to the yes. Lucky Underdogs. That's yes, awesome. indeed. That's great work, Devin. Great to see you again and enjoy the game on Saturday night. Yes, you too, you too. And make sure, you know, cheer a little extra hard for the Irish. It's okay. It's okay to, to be a little partial for the Irish. We're okay with that around I've here. Spent, I've spent yes, a lot indeed. of time there. Yes, I'm rooting for a yes, really good game. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. Well, once again, thank you all for tuning in to the Lucky Underdogs podcast brought to you by Believe Network and Good Men Productions. Y'all enjoy the rest of your week. Watch those Irish whoop up on those Buckeyes on Saturday. <laughs>